Welcome to another episode of Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, and I've got my lovely co-host, Jane Joan Hammer. And uh, yeah, we're coming at you. We're coming at you live like we always do. How are you doing today, Janie? I'm good. Do you want to tell the people where they can find us on the Absolutely. Internet? Absolutely. Um, you can find us on Instagram and on Facebook at Movies We Missed. And you can also find us tweeting away over on Twitter at MWM Chat. Uh, thank Ooh. you for, for that reminder, you're, Jane. It's always good to you know have welcome. somebody hold you accountable. Um, I, how are you I, doing today? And I have today? to do it all the time for you. I'm good. Uh, I'm delusions. Good. <laughs> uh, it's good to see you. You seem to be doing a little better. We're going to celebrate that. The thing that I did want to talk about before we get into the episode... I'm okay. sorry, but I did no, specifically. Okay. It's fun. I wanted to talk about. I made Dave watch. Uh, I sent it to you as well. I made him watch the uh, the Lauren Bacall uh, the uh, Lauren Bacall ads <laughs> that I've been talking about for High Point um, Coffee for High Point Coffee, baby. Um, it, they're so good. If you have if you have access, this is it's this website called YouTube. Um, if you have access to it, you should just go in and look up Lauren Bacall High, High Point Coffee because they are excellent. High Point decaf coffee, which she makes very clear. She doesn't need any caffeine. Thank you very much. She's got enough energy on her own. I don't need. I don't need caffeine. I'm active enough. Thank you very much. And she also, she also keeps saying deeply brewed coffee. She says it 15 times. It's like there's a person standing in the corner with a gun pointed at her. More deep. More deep. More deep. She's deeply brewed flavor. Deeply brewed flavor. Coffee. She's got that. Like she's giving like that. Like East Coast wealthy like absolutely woman. transatlantic accent but like yeah exactly a woman who was lightly kissed by the depression at one point in her life but like only for like only that trip to the city her, that one time her and her family came right out on top they came out on top and you know they kicked any 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 people that weren't as fortunate as them who clamored at their door for you Stepped know over a lot of bodies a lot of people of making and soup with a shoe, you know, that exactly. sort of... Exactly. They were protected. And yeah. um, the, her and her mother sat in the parlor of their home watching the world burn um, while drinking High Point Coffee. Decaffeinated High Point Coffee. High Point Coffee. <laughs> There's also one of the ads where she's... It starts with her her calling cut on a rehearsal, which I've never seen an actor do, by the way. Um, <laughs> what? It ended... Oh, oh, in the ad. I in see. the yeah, ad. Yeah, she's in rehearsal, and then she says, that's... She says, that's a break. And it's like, girl, that's how it works. Cool. Um, is there not a director here? Is there nobody else? And so, and then she Are goes... Are you Mel gibson <laughs> this commercial? Oh, my God. Uh, right. In which case... Right. the Bacall. Um, <laughs> and she, like, slinks into her dressing room. And then the commercial is all of 30 seconds. And then you hear them go, all right, Lauren, back to set. It's like, <laughs> girl, yeah, you got a 50-second break because this was not covered by Actors' Equity. You need to get back on that set. And you need to get to work. You've been here for 15 minutes. And... 
ten of those were cut. spent with you filling up glasses with a high point coffee. We got I a show know. to do. Exactly. Oh my god. And oh, so I'm done now talking about high point coffee. But it, just wanted you all to know it's a delight, and you're welcome. <laughs> it's a delight. You should YouTube it. Maybe we can share it on our Instagram stories or yeah, something. We're gonna share it on our on our IG. Um, yeah. We're gonna have our girl. Someone um, write that down so we don't forget to do that. Dave, are you I'll writing that assistant. down? I'll have my assistant do it. That's Dave can write that down. He's got a pen. I mean, no, Dave's doing something else. I'll have, I'll have Griselda do it. She's in the other room right now. Griselda? Um, yeah, she's writing. You always have a new assistant. That, that's because I, people work for me and they come up because of the access they get. And I, I send them off into the up? world. You mean they're transcending you? I mean that they're working on solo projects and stuff. Okay. My last assistant, Chrysalis, she is working on an Chrysalis. album right now with some of, she's, um, she's working on an album right now. Transformation, spread her wings and fly. She's working on her self-titled debut um, with some people that have worked with Beyonce's cousin. And they're putting together a really cute First showcase cousin? for her. Um, it doesn't matter, you know. Yeah, First, no. Matters. First, fifth. The point is we're all family. And if, you know, you do the DNA test. You can test, marry your fifth cousin. So, yeah, there's a difference. Between and you a would know, and a wouldn't fifth. you? Because you've looked into things like that. Because that's the kind of girl you are. Who my fifth cousin Yeah, you know. You know. You've been at those family reunions, peeping, pulling those shades down, taking in the talent. We all know. Can we stop this? Because, like, my family does this. this Showing up with, like, that family tree, having people point out. Where they where they link up? <laughs> oh, your great grandmother was second cousin with my great grandmother. That sounds like game on, mom. It's all above board. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like semantics, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I don't know why you're like a rapper from New York, also. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why exactly. this is the voice. <laughs> yeah. It's like God, it's like giving like Ja Rule and like it's murder. <laughs> that actually hurt my throat. A little. <laughs> that hurt my throat a little bit. It yeah, was too don't, gritty. Don't strain yourself. Anyways, uh-huh. speaking of alternative sexual lifestyles, we should. I don't, should okay, we... I don't want to call incest an alternative sexual lifestyle. <laughs> I don't either. I was That's a what you joke. were trying to. That... <laughs> I don't actually think that being (laughs) being gay and sleeping with family members don't. Do I have? Are you telling us or are you telling yourself? (laughs) It sounds like James trying to convince James. I already knew that, and I think our listeners did too. I hate this podcast. Uh, (laughs) So we're gonna get into the movie now. By the way, we're still celebrating Pride, Pride. and and unlike. Some religious kooks would have you believe that you can associate homosexuality. What were they? What were they saying? They were sounds like some Jerry Falwell shit. If you're married, yeah. you're married. These two get two men get married, and men gonna want to marry their dogs. And, and Jane falling right in line with that rhetoric. You got two men get married, and cousins are gonna be getting married, and it's okay as long as they're fifth. You right, started girl. the cousin thing. How dare you? You boxed that me into this That cult that Jane's morning. been leading, the House of Hammer over there, for years. Oh my that's, God. Why I don't, that's why I don't come through anymore, because I see what y'all are up to. Oh, my God. Anyway, I'm going to get into the synopsis for this week, and yeah, I'm apologizing in advance for... I would love to hear for... a synopsis about this fun family movie that celebrates our pride and joy. Kevin Klein, please. You done, Jen? The floor is your... Am I done? You barely just took me. Oh, my God. (sighs) Okay, I'm going to start now. (laughs) 
Can I get giggle giggled out? So I can start. <laughs> it's enough, Jane. <laughs> I won't have any more giggle giggles. <sighs> giggle giggle. <laughs> oh, here I we go. I hate that. I really hate that. Giggle giggle. sound like I smoke like 10 packs a day. I am getting over COVID and so my oh, like... here we uh, go. <laughs> this is the first up. time I mentioned it. I'm just saying that's why I sound like I'm, you know, a heavy, heavy smoker when I'm laughing. Okay, I was just making sure I had the floor. So I'm gonna start the synopsis now. The quaint town of Greenleaf, Indiana is all abuzz as Cameron Drake, one of its own, vies for an Academy Award. No one is more excited than Howard Brackett, Cameron's former English teacher who instilled him with a love for literature and performance. The entire town of Greenleaf is watching the ceremony anxiously from their respective abodes, including Howard and his longtime love turned fiance, fellow teacher Emily. They are all hoping to see a hometown boy make good. And everyone is elated as he takes the stage to accept his award. Everything is going according to plan. Cameron even takes a moment to thank Howard for his contributions to his artistic life. Then he announces to the world that Howard is gay. Only problem is... Howard didn't know Howard was gay. <laughs> As the town grapples with this news, an influx of reporters show up in town wanting a piece of the recently outed teacher's story. By the way, Howard is still very much declaring his heterosexuality and presumably confused by Cameron's declaration. I mean, does he love opera? Yeah. Is he expertly manicured? You betcha. Can he recite Barbara Streisand's discography like the Pledge of Allegiance in the gay public from which he stands? But that does not make him gay, people. To make matters worse, everyone is treating him differently. Even the students that he adores are treating him like an outsider. But something, dare I say, queer happens. As Howard struggles to assert his heterosexuality, he begins to, well, question it. And the arrival of a dashing gay and proud reporter doesn't help things either. Everything is out of whack. Gay is straight, up is down, in is out. <laughs> it's all in a gay's work in this week's <laughs> film, In and Out. Wow, beautiful. I love it. Thank you. <clears throat> I, I saw you tearing up and that's when I knew. I knew I had you. Yeah, okay, sure. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I've certainly teared up in my oh, heart. God. All right, all right. I'd love to. I'd love to get my flowers. That's what I'll say. Um, but yeah, no. This movie was a blast. Um, and also, so this movie, which it's funny because I this movie was released September September nineteenth, nineteen ninety seven, mm -hmm. and this movie was made for around thirty five million dollars, and it made around sixty five million at the box office. So that's a that's a hit as far as we're concerned. Yeah. Uh, it's Made funny its because back and then I remember this film coming out, but I it kind of was like not a film that I knew about until I I was obsessed with the Oscars as a child. Spoiler alert, um, <laughs> shocker. And um, you're sort I, of a I Howard Bracket. I would I would uh, venture you know, to say in my, in my own way. In my own yeah. way, it was very. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a gal's kind of guy. Um, and I was uh, in a different way though. But I I remember this movie because I remember 
uh, the Oscar, I remember the Oscar nominations, and I remember Joan Cusack was nominated. Uh, this I was... had no idea that she was nominated until mm-hmm. I was looking it up afterwards. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. amazing. Joan Cusack is great in this and in everything. And so. in literally, yeah, everything. She's, she's so amazing. She she was nominated, and I remember this was 97. This was the same year that I think Boogie Nights had like a lot of nominations as well this yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I remember that Oscars uh, ceremony for some reason. I, I remember it and I remember uh, watching the Oscars and I remember hearing about this movie because I was watching the Oscars and they did like a little like blurb at one point about it. And I remember being like, what's this movie? And then it was like, oh, it's about like a gay guy. And I was like, oh, do it for my blood. <laughs> Gotta turn this off. I can't I be at the scene of the crime. <clears throat> that. I think my family went to the movie theaters to see this movie. Like, really? Yeah, I don't remember the movie itself very well but I remember the pomp and circumstance and the excitement of this movie coming out and Mm. I'm pretty sure first of all there is uh, my parents really love Kevin Klein like as a comedic actor I mean he's a great actor and um, you know I just like remember in my household like we watched a lot of Kevin Klein movies so when this came out I, I think we went to the theater to see it and oh. were delighted by it at the time. But I again, I remember really loving it, but I didn't remember a single thing about the movie. I, I used to be able to rent movies. There was a video place around the corner from us called Video Update, and they used to have 99 Cent Tuesdays, and it was 99 mm-hmm. Cent for new movies. And I remember I used to be able to rent movies from there and when the, and when I watched the Academy Awards this movie was nominated I liked Kevin Klein um and I really liked Joan Cusack and mm-hmm. I remember renting the movie and watching it and I remember like realizing it was about like a gay man and I probably got like some flop sweat uh like, but um I do remember this one by the way that Oscar that year that was the year if I remember correctly I want to say Kim Basinger won that year for LA Confidential. Yeah, I saw that when I was looking it up. Yeah, did she, she did yeah, win. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kim mm-hmm. Basinger won that year. It was the year that Good Will Hunting came out. There was a lot I of remember, like. I remember Kim Basinger's hair and dress from that Oscars. Cause I what did was, she do? She did the full on Veronica Lake like she did she in the movie, did, right? And I was like in awe of the way that she looked. I it's remember a, just being like, a, that woman. That's a really like incredible, like, that hairstyle always does it for me. I mean, like, there is never a scenario where it looks bad. Yes, she wore uh, this is right. She wore that like mint green like satin dress and then she had her hair in those soft it's a it's a it's that those soft curls. It wasn't all the way down. It looked like she Oh, she didn't she did it up the she did it around the yeah. okay. Yeah. This But I, I, but yeah, I remember she in in LA Confidential she had the Veronica Lake look. Um but yes. yeah, I I just remember being like god, I just want to be able to like figure out how to do things like that my hair and to this day I still can't but I did do something similar for like a wedding last year and well I didn't do it the hairstylist did it and I was like this and this looks good on everybody this I, is like I also such a good look. Kim Basinger you know Kim Basinger is a real one I remember she was the one who like pointed out I think it was the year that Spike Lee she pointed out the the Spike Lee erasure if I remember correctly oh um, did she really one year at her? like the Oscars I have to look it up but it was something like she was like presenting an award and she was the one who went up on the stage she called out the Academy for snubbing do the right thing that's right yeah <gasps> good for yeah. her and so you know she's always uh she's always one that i'm like 
All right, Kimpy, you're a real one, I feel you. Yeah. Um, which is saying something, by the way, that's 30 years ago as well, so like... Yeah, this you know, isn't like, you know, two years ago. This not is... like how Jane Jane does when she's, you know, late to the party. Because <laughs> it took me well, forever <laughs> screaming at Jane to stop saying All Lives Matter and to get that tattoo removed. I uh, do I do what, what is convenient for me. And, um... <laughs> I'm kidding. You I, put out I your... You put out your... <laughs> You put out your feelers and you you check to see like what makes sense and you look at like schematics to see like where where's the trends going. What what am I gonna gain from this? What if am I, I gonna gain from this? What's commu- trending? What's oh, gonna if be? If I support a marginalized community pub- a marginalized community publicly, how am I gonna gain from this? And that's really how I approach everything. You know. I love it. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. It's a it's 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 how you should do activism. And by activism, I mean, of course, just, you know, um, posting about something on the Internet. This is Jane when she she goes outside. She sees like a group of people. If they're urban enough, then she'll be like, you guys kind of stand behind me. And it's, I'm going to make it look like I'm going to crop it to make it look like we're at like some sort and of like I, protest. Yeah. And I get someone to take a photograph of me and I'm holding a sign that says, you know, something that is in support of whatever, you know, <laughs> niche you, you thing is happening. You have one that's just like a fill in the blank that you can just throw whatever the cause yeah, is. Yeah, it's like, a, it's, I carry on a whiteboard. It's a very, what and is I that? That's a like, a, like a Mad Lib almost in a way. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, bands off our bodies, um, you know, like, uh, blank off our blanks. So it's Say like, no I can fill it in. like H2O. Yeah, that's not really a cause that, like, I think is trending at the moment, so I wouldn't do that because I wouldn't like, get isn't any this hype from it. Get in front of it, maybe? Like, a little bit of, like, something like, we're drinking too much water. Um, well, certainly in California, now they have to um, limit their um, water intake because of, of the, the People are going around the houses and knocking on and doors and checking everybody to make sure, you know. I, I know I'm doing that. How much water have you had? How much water did that kid have over there? She how, long not have had... sh- how long was your shower today? That's really. Did you do a full shower? Or did you do just you hit up hit up the hot spots with like a moist <laughs> with like a warm with a moist, moist towel? Because sometimes yeah. you know if if you're dealing with that, California, if you're listening, y'all need to just. Sometimes you can just hit up the hot spots. I you probably do, couldn't do that, but uh, I, it, it's called a bird bath. And since you guys are in a lot, heard before it, but that's better. <laughs> <laughs> also, some um, some people refer to it as a whore's bath, um, but Ouch. we uh, we celebrate the word whore, and we don't want to um, make anybody right, Amber Rose. bad um, about it. Yeah, yeah, reclaim it. Um, so yeah, so this film. 90s... How dare you? I actually do believe in that. So don't no, you dare me. No, that's right. Good. Um, when I yell whore at you and I threw that beer bottle at you from my moving car, you got so upset with me. So when I hear no, you say that you're... Of, it was sort of... It was not what you said. It was how you said it. You know? But you got mad about it's, the bottle, too. If you're celebrating me for being a whore or a slut, <laughs> I, I love it. I was. But throwing a bottle at someone isn't a, and screaming what is, you know, widely decided upon as a... Uh, a slur. Here we go. Here we go. No, the unpacking of it. And by the way, <laughs> it's not technically a bottle if if there's a piece of cloth coming out of it and it's um 
And it was lit. And lightly. it was lit on fire. So a Molotov cocktail. And that is technically still a bottle um, that explodes and kills people. You're here. <laughs> you know, you're here and you're walking. By and the you're... grace of somebody else, not you. Here we go. So, yeah, 97 was like a fun year for movies. Robin Williams won his Oscar that year as well, BT Dubs. Um, oh, As good as it gets. Goodwill Hunting. That was the Helen Hunt. That was her moment too, you know? Oh, wow. Helen Hunt won and Jack Nicholson. They both won the lead acting categories for as good as, as, good as it gets. Greg Kinnear got that, I think, the one and only one that um that he's gotten this was far. Was it for as good as it gets? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where oh, yeah. he also played Le Homosexual. Oh, um, yeah. That's, that's really right. what you had to do in the 90s if you wanted, you did. If you wanted so gold. This is, so th- th- <laughs> this is funny because, like, so this movie I read is based off Tom Hanks winning his Oscar for Philadelphia. For Philadelphia. And he had said in his speech, like, I have, like, I think it was two amazing gay teachers that I want to thank in my life. And he named he named names <laughs> and I'm sure they were out and it probably wasn't an issue but open, baby. This, this is this, someone took that and ran with it and with uh, <laughs> under the impression or like using the um, you know using that as a jumping off point yeah to like right, create, to create this, script, this like this sort of imagined world where like what what would happen if one was to actually like during like an academy award speech especially in like the 90s when you know shit was being like watched by millions of people i mean i would argue that this year we had quite a few when those texts started coming through about the slap but (laughs) but up until that point a lot of people were not you know getting down with the get down in terms of the oscars and most people i would argue were not even like watching them so like i i used to watch the oscars every single year and i didn't watch this year until brandon told me what was going on you know, uh, and once my people got a hold of me, I think Grizabella, she got, she texted me and she told me to turn him on. And I was like, Grizabella? Don't, don't I mind it was, if I do. I thought it was Grisette. Gris, I don't know. Your assistant's name, again, keeps changing, even though I think we're talking about the same person that you mentioned at the beginning of the hour. Oh, you're right. It was Griselda. My bad. Griselda Gris- is a cat that sings memory from Angela Brother Musical Cats. <laughs> My bad. But <laughs> y'all get the gist. Uh, <laughs> that was on me. Um, yeah, you don't bother to get to know your assistant's name because it's like, how long are you going to be here, you know? Also, if your name's Griselda, then Grizabella is kind of like, that's a fun little thing, right? A uh, little connect. Uh, it's coming from a person named Brandon who hates when people call him Brendan. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, this movie was also directed by Frank Oz, who's... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, prolific like director and performer. He directed House Sitter, starring Goldie Hawn and Steve Martin. Another movie oh, I, I love. I love that movie. That's You've seen such it. That was gonna be my next question. Have you yeah, seen yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Do I add of it course. to the list? Good to know. Um, Fantastic. Also directed Bowfinger. Absolutely. Unfortunately, did direct the, the Stepper Wives uh, that happened. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that's a rough one. Um, but yeah, have you ever seen the Stepper Wives with Nicole Kidman and Matthew Broderick? No, I've never seen it. It's like one of those, um, yeah, I, I could see a world. I'm feeling like Natalie and Brulee as far as that's concerned, though, because I'm torn um, on whether or not I want to add it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so Frank Oz is like a prolific director, but directed this film starring Kevin Klein, star, starring, um, actually, it's funny, I was telling Dave, it's really interesting. This movie is sort of like has this cast of actors that are like a who's who of like actors who represent like a certain... 
they harken back to a certain age of like cinema yes. and television and like terms of like the culture in this really mm-hmm. like interesting way, which I think is like really interesting it's like they were using them to sort of further like substantiate like this sort of like idyllic version of like what like america is which i think is like super interesting because it's like we have wilford brimley who's like Mm -hmm. iconic actor um and also You, you all know him from the diabetes commercials diabetes commercials he was in uh tinder mercies what wait what did you say Diabetes. That's how. Yeah, it diabetes. Says. Absolutely. Yeah, don't diabetes. Um, yeah, he was in that. He was in Tinder Mercies with Robert Duvall. Um, he was also in Cocoon, which I always remember because it won the Oscar the year that I was born. So that's a little factoid for you. Oh um, wow! But then also Debbie Reynolds, who plays his Wilford Brimley plays um, Howard's father. Debbie Reynolds plays his mother. Debbie, Debbie Reynolds, the unsinkable Molly Brown, um, the you know married to Eddie Fisher, mother of uh, the late great Carrie Fisher as well. Just like a really like iconic actress singing in the rain like mm-hmm. so many wonderful things but she's like America's sweetheart so like Absolutely. her playing his mother is like this really like wonderful way to like affix him to like a certain kind of like Americana in a way mm-hmm. um, and I think that that is really smart uh, casting I said to Dave I was like the only thing they could have done was make like Dick Van Dyke his like uncle or something like so true <laughs> but like, I, I did feel like I wanted more Debbie Reynolds in this movie I wanted that was the one thing I thought about with this film this time watching it was like mm-hmm. I want there were several characters I wanted more if I wanted more Debbie Reynolds totally. I feel like I love the moments where we got a little bit of her bite she's mm-hmm. like this sort of like mother this <laughs> sweet like you know wide-eyed mom but I but like she had like a little bit of like edge to her which I was like I want to see more of that I want them to explore this relationship more and I was gonna say I thought the same thing about the um, Tom Selleck character who plays the reporter who comes mm-hmm. to town and like is one of the reporters who shows up but ultimately begins developing this relationship with Howard that turns out to be spoiler alert a romantic relationship but I wanted to see more of that too that relationship develop I thought we could have gotten one or two more scenes that was the thing that was confusing to me then because it was sort of like is he with Tom Selleck then yes okay I mean I I got that but it was like it was it was a little too subtle for me, I think. The end of the movie... Because the rest of this movie is not subtle. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not at all. The end of the movie is, like, this scene where, like, t- you see Kevin Klein in, in the mirror at, like, a, the wedding chapel, the one that he ran out of earlier in the movie when he declared his homosexuality. Um, but he's in the he's in the um, the back rooms changing, and, he's, and Tom Selleck comes in and starts adjusting his tie. And we see them just being sort of, like, comfortable and, like, f- and intimate and, like, familiar with each other in this way and then it's sort of like the um it's the oh my god i can't think of the the name for the term but it's where they sort of like throw you off of their scent it's the um the bait and switch yeah it's like yeah it's like the twist yeah it's the bait and switch yeah it's like the moment where they lead you it's a misdirect that's what i was looking for it's the misdirect that they sort of lead you to believe that maybe these two are getting married and then we go into the wedding chapel and realize that it's actually howard's parents the characters played by wilford brimley and debbie reynolds that are um renewing their vows but it's the moment where they're like are these two gonna get married but it also is 1997 so it's like so it's like that's not in the cards yeah not in this church yeah exactly (laughs) that's the thing 
thing too that I think like I, I, the ending was interesting because it was like okay if you're gonna have a gay wedding like we know it's not legal but throughout the whole movie there are all these reporters and all these people asking Howard in his face like are you gay are you gay and he's like I'm not gay I'm getting married and it's so funny to live in this time 2022 where I mean things are shaky but we have the right uh, in this, this entire week. country this week we have the right in this country to marry anywhere um and be married to you know um uh, anyone of any gender and so it's not that i you know obviously that's like a historic decision in our lifetime of course but even before marriage equality was passed by the Supreme Court, I feel like just growing up in the generation that we did, I still didn't think that marriage, like, I still knew many people who were married, but n- not legally, you know what I mean? So. For sure. So his whole thing where he's like, I'm not gay, I'm getting married, didn't make sense to me. Because I was like, well, you can marry a person of your own gender. That's not like the thing. You know what I mean? Like, so it's just funny to hear that, you know. It was like maybe in like a 1987 movie, it would have been a little, it would have rang a a little bit more like, I wouldn't even say true, but it would have made a little more sense that you thought that this was something that you could somehow like hide behind. Um, Right. But but, then also this is in Greenleaf, Indiana, some fictional town, which is, you know, Indiana famously like a terrifying red state, which like doesn't let you like breathe if you're gay. And so, I mean, and there's still, you know, there's still consequences to being an out gay person in you know many many states I think there's like 29 states where it's like there's no non-discrimination acts against LGBTQ or for LGBTQ people so that like you don't get fired you know shit like that for being out and like yeah so it's just interesting to like see all of that and again I guess 30 years is a long time but it doesn't feel that long ago. I don't know. So I think we've made... What's like 25? Okay, 25 years. Um, But you're right, though. I mean, it's still like... I also... This is coming from a person who had a conversation with my mother earlier, and she called me 40. And I said, you can pause it right there, baby girl. (laughs) Because you're playing all kinds of wild math. Um, How about you don't ever say that again? Yeah, I was like, that's just not true. Not even close. (laughs) And um, she thought that was funny and was a little perplexed by it. And I was like... You just, I just want hard math. That's all I want. <laughs> That's um, all I want. There's right now, no... while it's in my favor, and then in the future, I want you to play the opposite game. But, <laughs> but um, we're going to round down in the future. <laughs> yeah, right now, yeah. But for the time being, how dare you? Uh, so, yeah, no, this movie, it opens in this really... It, it's always that thing, too. These are always the towns that I feel like there were movies and television set in, television shows set in, and I always grew up thinking, like, oh my god, like, how fun it would be to, like, live in, like, one of these, like, quaint towns, like the town on Murder, She Wrote, like, it all, I mean, although people are always dying. Yeah, um, I would say but, that's not an ideal. <laughs> but I always thought that, like, I'd love to be, like, Jessica Fletcher's neighbor, and, like, I really just want to hang out with Angela Lansbury. Of but course. I always thought, like, so that <laughs> from, like, a very young age, which, once again, I mean, good lord, your roots are showing, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I always, like, loved the 
those kinds of like charming like little communities where everybody knew each other and people like you know lent each other cups of sugar and stuff Mm -hmm. and so you know this movie opens up and it's sort of like painting that picture which by the way the other side of that which I do kind of know is like everybody's in everybody's business also and also like okay so first of all when they're panning over this town my literal first note from this movie is like oh it looks like we're in a charming New England town and then it's like Greenleaf Indiana and I'm like honey I've been to Indiana yeah, and it's I giving. have never it, seen a town like that in Indiana in my damn life <laughs> it's yeah it's not giving it, re- it doesn't really give Indiana it really does it, yeah you're I think you're right it does give like a little vibe of like East Coast I'd say well it's filmed in New Jersey <laughs> which which so, checks out I mean but yeah. still like that sort of like those that picturesque sort of like moment even if honestly if they had said Wisconsin then that would have been more accurate I would have believed with Wisconsin over Indiana any day <laughs> because there are there are like there are towns like this towns in, in Wisconsin. Wisconsin yeah and rolling hills and you know cheese curds which is typically what I'm what I'm looking for when I'm rolling through I'm Wisconsin I'm always looking for cheese curds absolutely like the real ones though do you know like when you have you have you like where they actually squeak when you like bite into them who do you think you're talking to? Well, I'm just saying because some people don't know. Like, there's different kinds okay, of cheese curds. I want to be there. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't know how to no- stop this battle. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I did not know what cheese curds were before moving to the Midwest. I moved to Chicago like I don't even know how many years ago. Fifteen, maybe seventeen. I don't maybe know. Twenty. It's not been quite ten. Twenty. Okay. okay. <laughs> um. And people. People were like, oh yeah, cheese curds. And I was just like, okay, whatever. Just like a piece of cheese. No, different. Mm-hmm. And of course I understand that the best ones are in Wisconsin. And of course I understand that they should be fried. Uh, battered and Oh fried. yeah, they can be fried. They are they mm-hmm. are tasty fresh. Um, mm-hmm. But once you... Once yes, they, every, it's a cheese product. It's good everywhere. It's, it's curdled milk that's sort of like scraped off the top. It is like it's light. When you describe and, it like that, it sounds disgusting. No, 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 no. It's delicious. It's really good, y'all. But I will say that like if you let them like get cold or like if they if they sort of like are allowed to like kind of harden a little bit, then they it literally... Somebody said this and I think it's a perfect like um, descriptor, but it becomes like Velveeta almost. Mm. Like, so it's not quite the full fantasy, but like... I found like factory. I was on the hunt. I found like a curd factory and I went and they pulled out, they had like trays of like the fresh fresh and you get to Where watch them you? make oh, them. Was this when you were in Spring Green? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Knew yeah. It. I drove yeah. to, yeah. I drove 30 minutes. I knew too. that that would be like your like weekend activity. Like baby boys on the hunt for some cheese. Every, when I was in Spring Green, I did a, I did a contract out there and um, MGM. Um, this was old. This was me and Joan Crawford were an item. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a This con- is Spring Green, Wisconsin. Spring in Wisconsin, and I my whole my weekends were literally just me like hunting down food to like <laughs> gorge on, and it was typically there was a custard involved. And, oh, as there should be. I don't know. Oh god, my body. If I was lactose intolerant, y'all. Oh Ugh. god, it would be rough. Um, but I was eating everything I get my hands on because one thing I learned when I was in Wisconsin was like, oh, this is a lot like the South, <laughs> just like so it felt very comforting to me because it was like they are all it's different food, but there's like this similarity to it and it's like mm. it's also not going to be good for you um right and <laughs> i was clog up those arteries i was chains. here for it and i felt right at home those pastry <laughs> shops where everybody knew my name baby um <laughs> i was rolling through and i was getting that fresh fresh so 
we're <laughs> a shout out but I completely agree with you this town is like very much like a Wisconsin type vibe the, the mm-hmm. houses the way they're lined up and everything and it's also funny now watching this movie 25 years out and it's like wow like this was like earth shattering and it's like I take for granted the fact that like there are people who live in these towns and still very yeah. much closeted I mean there are people in Chicago who are closeted it's not but I'm just saying it's something right. unique about like being in a small town like this and like growing up in a small town like this and like you know your family and your reputation it kind of reminds me a little bit of like the movie we watched last week Saving Face where like you know the father you know when he expressed his sort of Hui Lin's father when he expressed his frustrations and his anger about her you know being pregnant uh, you know outside of marriage and mm-hmm. he talked a lot about this sort of reputation that he'd constructed for himself and like totally. it's like that same sort of vibe I mean it's you know it's also just funny too because the main thing about this movie that's sort of like as a person who's like you know woke with a capital W um, you watch it and you think like because it's the scene the way it's set up with like all of these people in front of their homes like Mm -hmm. sitting in front of their television sets waiting to find out if you know this person from their town who grew up here is going to win an Academy Award and we have like really incredible like uh, cameos from like Whoopi Goldberg Mm -hmm. and um, a really good one from Glenn Yes, baby girl. And, I love the uh, fake movies they came up with for they had the some, like. Um, they had some really good ones. It was the best actor category, and the it fake was, movies um, they came up with were so funny. It was um, it was the best supporting actor category, which also was oh, funny yeah, to me yeah. because they named all actors who I've never seen in supporting roles before. Um, <laughs> they yeah, named, they did Paul Newman. Paul Newman for Coot. For Coot, which made me laugh. Um, Clint Eastwood for Codger. Yes. And then they did a Michael Douglas one, which I missed. Primary Urges. Primary Urges. And then the funniest one, which was so shady, was <laughs> Steven Seagal for Snowball in Hell. <laughs> it was it was super shady. And so shady. I, I thought it was it. and also when Glenn Close announced the Michael Douglas movie, she blew him a kiss to the fictional yeah. Michael Douglas in the audience, which I thought was really funny. Um, I do I do really love Primary Urges because it is like it's such a loaded movie title. It and also sounds like a Michael Douglas movie. It does. Oh absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's like, it's basic instinct, but just different yeah. words. <laughs> but, but isn't he like, he's in like, he's in like a good amount of like those sort of thriller movies mm-hmm. where it's That's like, a big and, part of his bread and butter, like him and, yeah. him and Harry Ford. Yeah. They totally. both did a lot of those in like the late 80s, like early 90s, like mm. the gritty thrillers. Michael Douglas also famously is like in these movies where like, like every woman has to have him. And it was always like, even as a kid, I remember always being sort of perplexed. Like, and I remember thinking, like, as a child, like, there must be something like adult that I don't get because, like, I couldn't make that make sense. <laughs> but it was like he was the only man who these women, like Sharon Stone, Lynn Close, Demi Moore, like these women willing to sack and like women these, with like, like wealth, supermodels, beautiful, <laughs> these beautiful women with like wealth and like access who like mm-hmm. move through society from like this sort of like high echelon and like they are willing to just like degrade themselves and like risk life and limb for like the chance to run their fingers through that silver mullet and Michael Douglas is just like no and he's always married to like Barbara Hershey and it's like I got no I can't you can't have all this I know you want it I get it but no Um, or he like has sex with them and then he's like oh my bad no 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 you're crazy um yeah but 
very, which is any like so many of those toxic men in films from like the nineties, where you like go back and you look at them and you're like, why are you the prize that anybody's fighting over? You're, you're literally so unlikable. You're, you're the un- wor- you treat everyone like shit. <laughs> you ha- like maybe you have some money. I think that's like your only like but asset you just, like, in terms oh, of like so personality. You were, you were just gaslighting our leading lady this whole time, basically. All right, and, and so like she's crazy. <laughs> and we like grew up watching these movies. Like, oh my god, take her back. And it's like now you watch them. You're like, no, fuck off. Don't come back. Like, stay as far away as possible. Like, don't take him back. And it's like you want so desperately when you watch those movies for like the leading lady to be like. I may be willing to take you back, but you need to go to therapy and like we need to figure out what all of this toxic bullshit is that you're bringing with you. But instead, she we just says, start the unpacking now. <laughs> it's like any movie where like they just propose, and it's like literally the proposal that's coming off of like a series of escalating like just horrible, horrible occurrences incidents. where you're like, you guys have a lot you need to work out before you put that ring on your finger, girly. Unbelievable. There's so many movies where it's like, I'm fixing it with like a huge gesture. And it's like, you have fixed nothing. All you've done is spent a lot of money and like. That's a real expensive bandage you got there. Yeah. Exactly. And that is going to fall off as soon as you hit water. So. (laughs) It is wild. Um, So yeah, very that. But then Cameron Drake takes the stage to, to win that award. And um, he does his full speech. He speaks lovingly and glowingly of, like, Howard Brackett. And then, like, sort of, like, as a, like, a quick little epilogue at the end of his speech, he just says, you know, I want to give a special shout out to, like, this the teacher who made an impact on my life and, like, really helped me to, like, learn to value, like, performance and literature. Ha- Greenleaf, Indiana's Howard Brackett. And the audience starts clapping and he goes, and he's gay. It's like such an insane add-on. It was like, it is like you did uh, not need to do that for him. No. And like, and and the thing that is so wild about this movie is that obviously Howard Braggett never came out to Cameron Drake. He never said, hey, buddy, just so you know, I'm a proud gay man. He never said that. So it's like he's just like assuming and then saying it on national television, which obviously, I mean, on a real note, outing someone is an act of fucking violence. And like... Really, uh, one of the worst things you can do to a queer person is, like, take their autonomy away and take that, like, you know, that it's their safety can be at stake. Like, there's so many things can be at stake. Um, So doing that on any real level is horrifying. Obviously, this is like a comedy movie, whatever. Um, So they don't. and, And and frankly, I mean. (laughs) <laughs> there's a few lessons we don't learn here, which is like <laughs> he like the reason why he has decided that Mr. Brackett, his beloved teacher is gay. is like all of these service level stereotypes. Like he's clean. He likes Barbara Streisand. Like he, you know, he has that limp wrist on occasion. <laughs> he has a limp wrist and he enjoys poetry. Like fellas, is it gay to enjoy poetry? Mm. Like, no, this is also this is also by the way the the same rules that they use to out me as well just so we're clear um, for some people they're real for Brandon absolutely um, no but, I remember you know. that time in elementary school I threw that that, that baseball and it was 
it was it was over let's just say um well the, well, the real problem is equating masculinity with oh, heterosexuality sure. with, like, any and of that's this, just like, never been true there are no. there are super you know super femme heterosexual guys and super masculine gay guys especially and in everything the, in between in theater by the way it's like it's there are so many and like as an actor i feel like there were so many times where you're like you're just like barking up the wrong tree and you meet somebody <laughs> and you don't even think that whatever needs to be like you don't you're like i don't need that confirmed from me like yeah. his body his body's doing the confirmation right now as he traipses in the room and then like later on they're like and you like start to feel like oh my god we're in the show together we're basically like, in the marriage something and, yeah and then it's like he shows me he's like oh my god my wife did the funniest thing i'm like wife <laughs> um, i'll kill that bitch <laughs> you're like you're just like what like, if- in my head, we're already married, so where the fuck is she coming from? <laughs> yeah, what's going on here? Um, call call Longstar, because I'm already there. I have no idea what that reference oh, is. Oh, it's a song. It was a really popular song. Okay, I'm going to move Longstar? on. Longstar? Hold yeah, on. It's like, a, it's like a country band. They had It was a crossover okay. hit for them. I would never know. Oh, I would, I would never know. It was a huge hit. It was a huge hit. Long star. I just I just typed it into Google and it did not. Lone star. Lone star. Like, like the state. Texas, the Lone Star State, baby. So was this something that was only popular in Texas? This was a hit. This was a world. This was a worldwide. Lone star band. Okay. Certified. Hit. Oh, these guys. <laughs> I guess I guess you guys you didn't get them that over on the East Coast. Just about right. These fucking dudes. Anyway. <laughs> Oh my god, I hate I you. I did not so, go listening to any country music. I look, I, I, you couldn't get away from it, Jane, okay? It was that kind of hit. It was look, everywhere. I'm not, not celebrating you. There's some maybe very it was, good look. There's maybe some it very was good Texas, country music out there. It's just not my taste. Texas is Texas sometimes we're our own thing. Is, you know, some of the annex, annexers will try and make you believe, but it mm-hmm. it is its own world and like we really are just like the Wild West. And we will have whole ass hit songs that don't make it outside of the borders of Texas. And mm-hmm. it's one of the only places I think that there other other states have that. But I there's think something you've said that before, yeah. About like... Texas, where you will have whole ass hit songs, and you will be like, "You remember this song?" Because it's like it was played all over Texas, but it literally did not make it outside of Texas. Maybe mm-hmm. it made it to like Texarkana, but that was where the buck stopped. Um, is that in Arkansas? Texarkana is no Texar. Well, Texarkana is in a couple places. Um, is it in Texas and Arkansas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's like you know, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana. It's sort of a hot spot. Um, <laughs> shout out to Texarkana that. listeners. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there like isn't there like some like very famous murder that happened there? It's fine. This I mean, that I'm podcast. sure there is. I'm sure more than one probably. Yeah. Yeah. People have died in Texarkana. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> I'll just see if I can get it. I just see if I can get it straight to like Amazon Prime like show called Texarkana. It sounds like yeah. gritty. Mm-hmm. Sounds it really does. gritty. I want like Lloyd Metcalf in the mix and like I want oh, like oh yeah right something like that. I want it like hard. Oh, I love that. Yeah, a like, Holly Hunter. I, yeah, I would love Francis Conroy mm. in there. I don't know if we could really we could afford Regina Hall, but I'd love to get her. Well, I in think there. you know if the script was good enough, she'd be willing to to jump. What do you think there. about maybe Viola? I I, I look. You don't. She yeah. might be busy doing Michelle for another season. We don't know if we can get her. Hopefully not. Um, so, yeah. So we... 
So, we, yeah. So we are going to move on. And, um, yeah. So this whole thing happens. And there are these moments where, like, you see, like, Howard sort of coming back to school after, like, the day after the Academy Awards. And he is, like... He's trying to sort of go back to normal. And he's Mm -hmm. trying to, like, sort of ignore everything that's happening but like the school is like now littered with reporters and he's walking into a classroom of kids that are now questioning whether or not as some of them say have we been being have we been taught by like a gay person this whole time and not known it like he's dealing with like the reality of like which is so crazy to me because it's like you could be taught by fucking anybody like your heterosexual math teacher could be like swinging with you know what i mean like could have a dungeon in her basement We've probably all been taught by a gay teacher and had no idea. And maybe they didn't have any idea when they were teaching us. Like, like you never know. Whatever town you're in, like, your teacher probably did well, some freaky shit. I realize that I, I, I have a very, like, unique experience. But I had a, a lot of out gay teachers in my school. But and I You outed in, one of those teachers, though, didn't you? I did at the Oscars in 1997. Oh, my God. 20-year-old Jane at the Oscars <laughs> outing people. 20-year-old? You think I was 20 in 1997? So, yeah. So, that scene is, like, a really... um, That scene is a really cute one. And I think that, like, you see, like, his mother and his dad sort of show up. And they're like, is there anything you need to tell us? Which is also funny because it's like, y'all haven't seen Cameron Drake in probably five, ten years. But I like that, like, he says that and then you all... I mean, I guess, what do you think? Also, it's funny that nobody ever was like, did something happen between you and a student? Like, <laughs> I know! It's like, that would be my question, because, like, how would he know? How would unless he you're know? Like, yeah, exactly. Because it's but, like, I mean, he spoke with it's authority. Like, I waffle between being like, this is like, this is like a broad comedy family movie. Like, we're not going to bring up the things that, like, you know, this is meant... This is meant to be fun. Like, and and all movies can't be all things. And this is why representation is so important because it's like, we get lost in the conversation of being like, I wish this movie had this thing. I wish this movie had this thing. But it's like, we can't, every movie can't, every movie about a gay person can't have every element of what it's like to be gay because that's just literally impossible. But that's what I'm saying is like, that's why I like, that's why representation and movies written by, you know, written and performed by gay people are so important because we get like a myriad of stories and a myriad of experiences from queer people. Absolutely. And no, we don't get like the the gritty scene of like, you know, Howard Brackett taking like a Silkwood shower and like screaming (laughs) at, you know, and punching the air at the realization that like he is a homosexual. Yeah. Um, Instead we get the like slapsticky moment where he just, instead of saying I do at his wedding, he says I'm gay. Although it is worth noting that Paul Rudnick, who did write the film, is gay. Um, And Paul Rutnick um, has written a lot of really popular screenplays. He wrote Adam's Family Mm -hmm. Values. He he wrote Sister Act. Um, So at least that's worth noting that it it was written by, like, a gay person. No, I'm not saying you weren't. I'm just saying it's worth, like, noting in the podcast that, like, this actually was, like, a a, a queer writer. But, like, it's also a queer writer in 1997. And it's also interesting to, like, think about, like... like, like, used to appealing to a really large audience, which we had to do in 1997. And, and as we have, you know, we were talking earlier um, with the director who brought you House Sitter. So, like, we're not, yeah. <laughs> we're not, this isn't Darren Aronofsky, baby. Right. Um, so, so, yeah. So, all of those things are, like, on the table here. But, you know, in talking about this, we're also, like, 
we're talking about like sort of opportunities to think about things differently, but we're also like very much like acknowledging that this is like a fun, lighthearted movie. But in having this conversation, we're not attempting to like discount that or like take anything away from like the charm of this film because it is very charming. And I do think that like it's sort of like open heartedness and it's like it lends to its mass, like its mass appeal. And it is a movie, mm-hmm. it's a family friend about homosexuality. Um, so like, yeah, all of those things should be, you know, discussed. Uh, Joan Cusack is also, she is just amazing in this film as like, she's so great, the girlfriend. Um, Emily, who is just like standing by her man. How dare you? I'm sorry, I'm gonna discount her. The fiance. Also, this movie has a scene of her like doing her workout to like Richard Simmons, and I was just like, (laughs) I thought about how first of all, when I was a kid, I used to get Richard Simmons and Russell Simmons confused all the time. Oh my Um, god, hilarious! And I don't know why, (laughs) but very different people (laughs) couldn't be more different. Um, (laughs) But I remember like the first time watching like Russell Simmons do comedy jam, I'm being like, what? And then, like, Russell Simmons was like, oh, okay. But they always said Russell Simmons at Common Jam. It was an HBO show. It was mostly, like, urban comedians. And, like, I just remember, like, the first time seeing it. And they were like, Russell Simmons at Comedy Jam. And in my mind, I heard Richard Simmons at Comedy Jam. And I was like, what is he doing on the side? <laughs> How this... did he get involved in this? When do we start working out? Like, what's Ex- happening? <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. Um but yeah, we get a Russell Sim- uh, Richard Simmons moment, and it reminded me of that podcast that had come out. Remember, looking it was like oh looking God. for Richard Simmons. I loved that podcast. It was I listened the... to every episode. Yeah, I we still never don't know really where got. He it. Is. We we still don't know, but if you're listening, I... then um, we support you. We hope that you're safe and happy. That's all we can hope for. That's that's all that matters. Um, and so yeah, so we we get that we get his mother who who basically makes the declaration like I don't care if you're gay or straight, but I need a wedding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's a really great moment. And it's one of those. It's like this moment with like this sort of like contained like fury as she stares at him, and it's like. We want more of this. We want more of Debbie. Like, she's giving it to so, us. Oh, my God. My, the best line in this whole movie comes from Debbie when it's right before the wedding. And um, she's, like, helping Joan um, in her dress. And the flower, girl go, the flower girl says, my mom says it won't last. And Debbie turns her head around and she goes, your mom's an alcoholic. And it's just, like... <laughs> So savage, such a good delivery. Like, and again, you're like, oh, I wish, I wish we had 30 more minutes of Debbie Reynolds in this fucking movie. It's giving, it's giving Taylor from Real Housewives. Um, I wouldn't say she exactly had her finger on the pulse of what was going on in my marriage during <laughs> <Yeah>. that time. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, it's oh, so good. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> but. Yeah, there's a lot of those ones. Those, like, great moments with, like, minor characters where you're like, I could use a little bit more of you. Yeah, there's a lot of really good one-liners. Like, at one point, one of the teachers turns and goes, because he likes dick, Carl. And I was just like, this is so good. One of the reporters, so the reporters are, like, following Howard around all town and they say the most ridiculous things like what at one point they ask do you know Ellen and then should gays be allowed to handle fresh produce that was a really I wrote that line that was a really funny one they're just like yelling at Howard as he arrives at school on his little bicycle um and they're all like yelling like random like queries at him that like are like roughly related to homosexuality but also just nonsensical questions 100% Um, the most ridiculous things you've ever heard 
Yeah, it was, and it's a lot, and it's like every news, like every news channel within like a two hundred mile radius has shown up here. And then we get, um, which, by the way, okay, so that. <laughs> It was hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that, like, a small-town teacher being outed on the Oscars would be, like, a week-long, like, national news story. But I guess maybe in 1997, that was, like, everybody was... It was, like, a gay witch hunt. They were just I mean, yeah, this was, like, like on the heels of Ellen, too. You remember? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, I don't know. I'm weighing in my head whether I think that's believable or not, but I guess it doesn't really matter. Well, I mean, it would be believable for sure, I think, for local news, because I feel like... For local news, totally. For local news, and I imagine several news crews would have shown up at the school the next day to interview Howard, like, if he had not announced, if he had not added that little tag on, if he had just sort of dedicated his award to Howard Brackett. I imagine there would have been quite a few, like, puff pieces written about him and, like, human interest stories that centered around him and the school and his upcoming nuptials. (laughs) Right, girl. Puff (laughs) Peace. That was the name of Jane. Jane and I, we had a band um, in the mid to to late uh, 90s and uh, Mm. Puff Peace. That was... our name. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, mm-hmm. so we know what it's like to be in the public eye, basically, is what I'm saying. We do. They're, also, the students, we get this scene with, like, the, the young, like, um, high school, the high school kids, like, the boys, like, in the locker room, sort of talking oh God, about talking him. talking about in-holes and out-holes. <laughs> talking about in-holes and out-holes, baby. And we get, like, it's Sean, Sean Hatosi and... Uh, Sean Hatosi and Zach Orth were the two that I remember specifically. Um, those were the two who, like, they had. They were in a lot of movies when we were growing up. Um, and I would say, like, this is like the class that Howard teaches is like the like graduation ceremony into like two thousands teen comedies. Like, for sure. all the all those people who were in his classroom were in so many 2000s, like American Pie, like... Lauren Ambrose, uh, shout out. Shout, shout out to out Lauren to Ambrose. Lauren Ambrose. Um, Six Feet Under, uh, baby. Zach Orth was in, like, What Hot American Summer. Yep. Like, all those, like, all those movies. And then that guy, I what's his name? Zach Sean, No, oh, the Sean other Hattosi. guy. Oh, Sean Hattosi. Yeah, he was in... Anywhere oh, but here? What was that movie? And he was in Outside I, Providence in The Faculty. Outside Providence. I loved yes, that with movie. with Alec Baldwin. I've yeah. never seen that movie. <gasps> Ooh, that would be a good one to watch, actually. I'll add that and to it would list. be a tie-in as well, because it's got Baldwin in it, and you're like one degree... You're basically a Baldwin. I, yeah, absolutely. I've always thought of myself as a Baldwin. There we go. This one's for you, Ireland. Um, but yeah, they're all talking about, like... They're talking... It's the kind of stupid conversations that they probably were having in high school. Yeah. Um, where they're talking about the only times it's okay to be gay. And, like, one of them... <laughs> one, it's prison and it's space, by the way. These are the two times that they decide. Prison, I guess you get it. Space, mm-hmm. because you're just floating around, they say. And you might... Accident, it may just happen by accident as two bodies are, like, floating around and collide. Without um, gravity, you never know... Where your dick will end up and I exactly and yeah. I actually think that that um is the greatest um example of men being need to 
<laughs> being taught about like a lot of things, consent, like all of that. Like, yeah, because apparently, as far as they're concerned, uh, once you, you bump into each other, it's just like the logistics of like being in space butt naked with a raging hard on while somebody else is like like thinking you about think like that your dick was just gonna end up in someone's ass. It, it's like I just, you rigidly erect penis, like just. And I understand this is for a joke. But no, like, it's a joke, but it is like, but logistics, it's just like, wowza. Um, yeah. Yeah, Buzz Aldrin, and I'm sure, like, Neil Armstrong. Whoa! <laughs> Damn it, Buzz! You know it was an accident. It's fucking zero gravity shit. Straight uh, to the moon, Alice. There we go. Um, oh. They also make a comment about like holes, and they say in holes and out holes. <laughs> yeah. But you know, they say there's in holes and there's out holes. But gay guys, they like to put stuff in the in holes. And then one of them is like, "What about the mouth?" And I'm waiting on somebody to be like, "Yeah, what about blowjobs?" Um, yeah. Y'all seem to like that. Uh, so that I mean, these kids. Well, probably also had the one. thing is too. It's like. Gay men aren't the only people who have anal sex. No, no, we don't. We don't have. Uh, we don't have monopoly have on anal it. sex so much. Tell like, them, girl. Say it once again, people in the back. Straight love... people have so much anal sex. Lesbians oh, as well, right? Yeah, right, sure. Jane? Yeah, every every brand of human has sex with butt stuff. Yeah, Jane told you. So, um, I mean, I think that like a film like this sort of like. It offers like a really. I I think I I think the thing that I think of with this film is like, I just sort of like I just want to. I mean, I could use a little bit more romance, you know. Like I could use totally, a little bit more of like, totally. if, if, you know, of the relationship developing between these, you know, these two characters. We get like this sort of like frenzied moment. I I do actually really love the kiss that we get in this movie. It is. It uh, is. <laughs> it is a comedy kiss for the ages, and it's. it's I yeah. think it's like it made history as being like the longest gay kiss on film ever like really yeah before oh, you know up until it was created I can't remember where I read that but it was like 12 seconds and that was like the longest a gay kiss had appeared on film like on a mainstream it's, film it's the leg for me it, it's, like, <laughs> it's like it's like this moment where like Howard still hasn't like really if he has sort of like been like I guess battling or grappling with some sexuality has not been made clear to us. Um, what has been made clear to us is like a series of attempts to like assert his heterosexuality mm-hmm. more than like the battle for like you know the battle to sort of like stifle his homosexual tendencies. It has been like clear that he has been trying to like find ways to like really like up the ante in terms of the the performative aspects of heterosexuality, which by the way is like extremely performative like the yeah. idea of like masculine of like masculinity is its own kind of drag it is its own kind of performance piece like that like of course the versions of like masculinity that we celebrate as a culture like require like a level of like rigor and like a suppression of self like in a way that is like you know is really right. wild the when you think standard, about it. The standard of masculinity. Masculinity is, in and of itself is not a bad thing. It's just like, no. we. I think we like fucked up when we decided that it belonged to um, cis men. Like, that's the thing. Is like, anybody can contain masculinity. And masculinity can be um, a really, like, 
wonderful thing if it's not repressive but like we've decided that it's like in this small category and in order to like yeah and in order to like be masculine you have to contain all of these things like you can't like have masculine and feminine sides like you they they can't coexist it's just it's 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 really become very messy (laughs) oh my god i remember when i was a kid because i did have like a i had a swish in my walk and i had the limpest of wrists um the medical condition um and i remember like i remember practicing walking like in like my room i would practice like butching my walk up and i remember practicing trying to like run like straighter like i remember all of these things because kids would make fun of me at school um and like but you know you like you take that on but it was like it was like it was like a performance though it was like and I remember like I would practice like talking differently around like the like the tough like masculine boys this isn't like elementary school mind you this is when I was like in fifth like sixth grade I remember nobody would blame you if you did it in high school for sure I mean like I mean I think in high school you know the the, the VP of the of the drama club uh, (laughs) things were starting to starting to present themselves and it was getting harder and harder uh but you know i mean i, I had a I had a couple of a couple of lasses that i uh i called i called me ladies were they stuck in my car listening to like you know a sondheim tribute concerts <laughs> you better believe it i should have maybe put some of those pieces together themselves yeah but they were too woke to categorize me because they exactly. knew that exactly they knew hey who cares that like my boyfriend wants to go see Funny Face? Like <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. Uh, but yeah, so that part of the story is like him. The moment, which is like I think one of the most iconic moments from the film, which is Howard like putting the like the the, the tape in and like alone in his house. Oh <laughs> yeah, how to like how to like celebrate your masculinity? How to celebrate your masculinity? And he puts the tape in, and the the instructions, the directives that the tape is giving off, like. Like these directives and like his behavior what he should be doing the tape itself is just a bullying tactic yeah yeah <laughs> like, for sure if you get the transcript of the tape it's like he's calling him like a pussy and like all these like horrible things and like like trying to bait him into dancing to wonderful music that's the thing is like he's like the tape is like dancing is like under no circumstances should any straight men be dancing at any point at any time but and it's like dancing is joy dancing feels good why why does why does masculinity have to like be the absence of joy if your body feels like moving to a good song does that mean you like men how is that how is that related yeah they're yeah they're two completely separate moments it's it's called the tape was called Be a Man is what it was called. Uh, <laughs> Imagine buying that at the store. <laughs> and it was like, and it literally, yeah, it was like um, the voice on tape says, "Repeat after me, yo." And then Howard goes, "Yo." And the tape goes, "Hot damn." And Howard Brackett goes, "Hot damn." And then the tape goes, "What a fabulous window treatment." And then Howard goes, "What a fabulous." And he goes, "That was a trick." <laughs> Think about like John he- Wayne, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold doesn't dance; he can barely walk. True manly men do not dance. Excuse you know me. Who- and um, oh, who actually does it? It says John I- John Cunningham. I don't know who that is. Okay, I was but wondering who's doing but no, but the, voice right. of the, the voice of the tape. 
Yeah, I think I, just, it's, I think John Cunningham is the name. But it's funny because we were watching this, and this was one of the questions that we had as uh, as well. When we were watching like who actually does the voice. I thought for a second it was Kevin Klein, but it wasn't. Obviously. Oh, that would have been oh how incredible! What a, what a little like uh, what a little Easter, Easter egg. egg would that have been? Yeah, that would have been great. But I also had a thought. So during this movie, he's talking. Everyone was always like, "Oh, you're so into Barbara, so into Barbara, so into Barbara," which is an indicator of homosexuality of course but what would you say that what would you say who would you say a current like Barbara Streisand is like if a man told you that he was into this person would you be like oh gay of course Ooh, that's a good question I quickly even as you started I was doing my Rolodex uh, like uh, like an artist who I would um, who would immediately to me be a signifier of homosexuality, that is, um, Dave has pointed out that it was Dave has said that it was some guy named Hal Douglas that did the trailer narration. Who um who did the the voiceover? Okay, so did he do the Be a Man tape as uh, well? Yeah, I guess so. Is that right, Dave? Okay. Um, I. Oh my god, that's a really good question. Because as I'm like, he just says, I think so. As I'm like rolodexing in my head, like like people, I'm thinking like, no, that person. Because I, the first thought I had was Beyonce, but I was like, no, like if a straight no, guy was like, I love Beyonce, Beyonce, you wouldn't say that. I almost, I almost said Lady Gaga. Like Lady Gaga, it to me, depends on their level of commitments. Lady Gaga, I think that's a good one. One that popped into my mind was Ariana Grande. Ah, but see, I don't think so because I think Ariana Grande songs are like universally loved. Yeah, maybe I'm. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. And if maybe... a guy, if an artist that if a guy said to me, "I love this artist," that uh, like the number one that comes to me, which is like a contemporary of a Barbara Streisand, so I get. And you're gonna be like, nobody would ever say that. But if somebody was like, "Oh, I love Liza Minnelli," that's like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's... Okay, you can't say Liza, Judy, or Barbara. Those are that's the trifecta that's, that we're so working. So if you in. if you of said course. to me, or if you were like, "Oh my God, I'm obsessed with Lorna Loft," then I would be like, <laughs> I'd be like, okay, "Why?" I, yeah, I got other questions for you. Yeah. Um, but no, I feel but- like Celine Celine Dion would be one. Celine Dion would be a good one. If, yeah. like, a dude was like, I love Celine Dion. But I also have to, like, acknowledge the fact also, that, like... I want to give way to the fact that, like, this question is obviously no, very this pro- is, no, problematic. This is a, no, like, for sure. But if, even if, like, a straight I dude was like, I love... knowing that this was a problematic question, but I, we're just having fun with it. So but Celine Dion, like, I like if somebody was like, oh, I love Celine Dion, like... Celine Dion I love is, the Talk is about love famously... Album. My most hated. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. We ever. all know. But um, I feel like that so would be an artist. So not only would I be like, "You're obsessed with Celine Dion," but you, so you're gay, and we can't be friends, which is rare for me because I, I find would that's have to say. I think it would be. I think like like contemporary with a capital C. I think yeah. it would have to be like. I think Lady Gaga would be it for me. Yeah, or Britney for me too. Britney would be if some people who are like my favorite musician yes. is Britney. That's true. 
Yeah. That's if somebody said to me, if like, and like, brother, it's funny yeah. because we are like, like for sure, we're like, we're just playing around with tropes because it's like, I'm imagining yeah. a world where I'm at a party and like, I'm imagining this dude who shows up. Oh, I, well, I would, that's horrible. This is all problematic. But I was, if a dude showed, <laughs> if a dude showed up and was like hand in hand with like, you know, his girl and he's like, yeah, like, I'm, a, you know, he's giving me bro vibes. And then all of a sudden he was like, man, I fucking love that Britney Jean album. She was in her pocket on that one. Then I'd be like, Huh. Okay. <laughs> He's like blackouts underrated. Then I'd be like, okay, <laughs> bye. Um, but yeah. So yeah, that would be. And by bye, I didn't mean goodbye. I meant bisexual question mark. Right. I um, got that. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, no. So those would be like. What about you? Oh, is that? Oh, yours was Britney, and I picked Gaga. I, well, so. my first choice was Ariana Grande, but I think you're right that I think that's too she's broad. So, she's so broadly she, like appealing. Yeah, but I think like if I I was like, who's your favorite singer? And someone said Ariana Grande, it's me. I would I, I'd be like, hmm, okay. Like I would think like I also a- don't know who these straight I don't know I don't think I'm I don't know these straight men also. Like <laughs> that's the question, other thing. <laughs> I feel like we I feel like we're getting into really dangerous territory. We are, but we've acknowledged but we've acknowledged we, it we've and acknowledged we know it. it and that's the most important part. And let me tell you queer people can be some of the worst people you ever meet in terms of discriminating against each other. This group. We are none of us perfect. Also, I told Dave that I used to think that Matt uh, Matt Dillon was a cutie when I was growing up, and he was like not here for me. He he th- he thinks that that the Dillons look like Neanderthals. He said. <laughs> I think I I don't think they're. Uh, uh, well, I'm only going to talk about Matt. I don't. I don't need to talk about um, Kevin. Kevin Dillon. Yeah, I think. Matt Dillon is a very like specific brand of 90s hot where he's like <laughs> he's like it's like the Skeet Ulrich you know what I mean like that like sort of greasy like pointy nose like always has a cigarette in their mouth like hasn't done their laundry in like a very long time type of hot that everyone was really into for yeah. a while and I he think Matt really, Dillon yeah, fits was... that bill so it's like some people yeah. are like oh yeah he's so sexy and some people are like oh no it's like the Ethan Hawke Hawk like, and that's why I say it exists in a very specific period like in time but I remember being a kid and seeing um, Wild Thing with by the way our girl our girl Nev who's like oh my god I, we're so upset like Nev apparently <sighs> like what Paramount didn't want to like dole Didn't out the money pay the queen pay of the scream. queen of scream nev campbell her coins and it's like i i'm sure nev campbell what she was asking for was 100 fair and like and the also, fact i am 100 okay like i support her walking away from that if they're not gonna pay you leave give her her money give her yeah. her money you have made for- hundreds of million dollars on her back like give yeah. her her coins that she is due like it is the sixth movie in a franchise she's a legend okay so like pay her absolutely pay her and have fun making the movie without her okay i'm not watching it without her no we're not justice for nev we'll see what what happens when the trailer comes out but i probably won't watch it without her. we will we'll see who they get on board but like we're gonna be pissed (laughs) if we do watch it it was john cunningham by the way let's clarify it was in fact john cunningham who did the who did the voiceover work so shout out johnny johnny did the voiceover for the be a man for the be a man sequence shout out to you john even though we don't love your politics if you believe that stuff um so (laughs) that's part of it also so then also the moment that we were talking about earlier in the movie um 
It's like the scene where I, I found the scene. It's the scene where like Joan really um Joan really like lays it in. Um and it's like a monologue where she's basically after um Howard comes out and I'm so glad they put this part into the movie because it's like the person he really fucked over was the woman he was supposed to be marrying. That part. That part. It's, yeah, it's, like, a really, like, it's, yeah, and it's, like, also, though, it's, it's also, like, it's, he's such an interesting character, because even, like, from a cinematic perspective, you're, like, what's been going on, what's the interiority of this, like, what's been going on with you, like, and, and, I mean, I think it's just sort of, like, deep, deep suppression, and, like, burying it all, because it's, like, we're also dealing with, like, a small town, and the, and Mm -hmm. the politics of this small town, and we're dealing with, like, this man of a certain age who's also like just getting married for the first time and it sounds like she's been his you know girlfriend for years and they haven't had sex (laughs) and they haven't had sex you know which is a very interesting choice (laughs) although we haven't had sex either Jane we you and I have never been engaged to be married we weren't not, I never had any ring on my finger. What was, what was going on around 2008, 2009? I was telling a lot of people that you were um, <laughs> you were my betrothed. Um, I guess I never talked about that with you, but I yeah, thought it was one of I those. I would say that you probably would have needed an answer from me before sp- oh, spreading God. those rumors, oh, but typical consent. man, you know? <laughs> There's a moment in the scene where he's where she's laying into him and she says, I, you know, she's like, I highlighted my hair because you said I needed shimmer. I loved <laughs> you and believed you and pretended not to notice the Streisand thing. I thought you were just creative. I thought you were smarter than me and more sensitive and more interesting. And this is in like the chapel at this point when she says does anybody here know how many times I've had to watch Funny Lady and then he goes it was a sequel she was under contract and then then she goes fuck Barbara Streisand and you and then she punches him in the face um and it's like it's great and and also like we get like we get um we get Cameron Drake traveling back to like the small town. He brings his girlfriend with him, um, who is like. There's a lot of jokes about the girlfriend that are make me very uncomfortable. They're very body shaming. She's yeah. a model. They make a lot of jokes about her not eating or yeah. vomiting up what she's vomiting eating. Up her food. That is the one. Uh, well, there's a few things, but that's there's like, d- yeah, that just rubs me the wrong way. And then also the way they talk about um, Joan Cusack losing 75 pounds just so that. Um, um, Howard will marry her. Like, there's a lot of like fat phobic stuff too, which you know, again, all rife in the '90s. So not unexpected in this sense. But no, for sure, there's like a lot of that. And then like we get this like it's like it's really a painful scene. I think it's the scene that really got her that Oscar nomination. It's the scene at like the like dive bar after the wedding yeah. where she's literally just like she runs into Peter Malloy the Tom Selleck character and they're talking and she basically it's so sad it's like it's like almost it's like it's probably as bleak as the movie gets yeah. it's like her like begging him to have sex with her and then he says that he's gay and she like freaks out and then she like runs out into the street and like the car stops for her and it is Cameron Drake and mm. then these two like have kind of a sweet moment where they dance in the middle of the street together and they embrace each other and 
it's kind of like the closest we get to like a romantic moment um, in this film because we don't really get romantic moment with the Peter Malloy and Howard Brackett storyline. We get the kiss right. and then they're just together kind of. Mm-hmm. But we don't get any of the journey to get there. So this scene is like seeing, as far as seeing someone in a really vulnerable state being like affirmed and like loved or given like, or embraced at least, this is the closest we get to that. Um, well, and that's the thing. It's like, this is very decidedly not a romantic comedy, but it has all the elements to be a romantic and comedy. And it's categorized as such. Like on IMDb, but it's as romance slash romantic comedy. comedy. It's like, it's not because really a romantic no, comedy. There's no romance. And I think no. it really, it's, it's, it's those, it's the two sides of, of gay men in the media. You're either a total eunuch that is totally sexless and just there for the jokes, or Ouch. you're, <laughs> or, or you're like an oversex, like born back who can't get enough and is like a sexual delinquent and that's my husband you're talking about (laughs) watch it i think there's more nuance for gay characters that are coming out now but that was certainly like in the like the 90s and the early 2000s like that was how gay men were written a lot of the times in the media and this is just a this is an example of that it's like they did the kiss but like it was a 12 second gay kiss but like it was all comedy there was no like romance or heat within it and even though they get the two characters together at the end and you're supposed to believe that they're a couple there's no moment where that's confirmed with any sort of romance where we see like like the two of them and it's also interesting because the Peter Malloy character says when he reveals to Howard that he's gay in one of the scenes and he talks about coming from like a family that loved and accepted him when he came out Mm -hmm. um, and we get that moment but it's like you don't really see a moment where he sort of goes to Howard and they like connect in that way we get this like moment with Howard and his father played by the Wilford Brimley character where he's uh, problematically is like are you gonna have an operation and then Howard's like no and then he says come on Howard I'm trying here I'm a farmer um like we (laughs) get like we get this moment of like his dad trying to make a connection with him but he also it's interesting because we're talking about a man who's like pushing 50 parents in their 60s 70s um so it's an interesting sort of dynamic he's a grown man he has his own home like you know and the other thing which we have not mentioned and we have to Bob Newhart the comedic legend and genius of course um who plays the principal at the high school that Howard works at uh Principal Hollowell and he is sort of like getting the pushback from the community around like of wanting Howard to come out or so he says or wanting Howard to no longer teach at the school which becomes that becomes a big part of the second arc of the movie where after Howard does finally come out he loses his job which is obviously a very real thing that is, as Jane mentioned earlier is still happening um, 29 states in our country don't have protection <sighs> for um, LGBTQ people and for a myriad of things that includes, like, employment. So, yeah. So, I mean, this is a very real thing. And, like, Howard sort of agreeing to sort of acquiesce very quietly and, like, you know, but then the big climax of the film is, like, you know, Cameron Drake showing up at, like, the the, um, graduation ceremony and, you know, the student body really rallying around Howard for the first time and saying, like, you know, we're all gay. If Howard's gay, then we're all gay. If gay means being a good person who cares about people, we're all gay. And one by one, members of the community who are probably those same people that wanted him fired, if we're being honest, are then standing up. 
up and like, yeah, oh, this is what's in vogue. Um, Yeah, us too. Um, And one by one, people in the community stand up till till we have like basically the entire like, you know, assembly standing up to like declare their support for Howard in this really heartwarming moment. And then the principal backing down and giving him back his job. Um, But yeah, so like it, it, it gives you, we have one of those big happy endings full hearted and we, it's a, it's a gay movie for straight people in a lot of ways. It's 100% um, a gay movie for straight people that lets you know, like, hey, these gays aren't threatening. They're, they'll, they'll, you know, they might be in your schools, but they're, you know, they're fun guys that can teach your kids. And like, we promise, like, we're, we're on, we're all on board with this. This is how this is trending. That's like, that's, it's very that. And so, it's 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 nice to have it as one of the things that exists in like the yes. jewels of the gayest crown ever, um, yes. and gay cinematic <laughs> crown. But yeah, like I, it, it's a movie that for sure like takes me back to like a very specific time. It exists mm-hmm. in that sweet spot of the '90s where I was like just starting to like you know form opinions and like understand who I was, and I remember watching it and still like deeply repressed, you know, but also like 12, and like just be like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't look at me, but. <laughs> it's a char- but it's you know it has some really charming performances in it and um we get some some uh some of the last performances from some 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 like icons uh of of cinema and of stage and screen so like it it, it it's like a it's a movie that's nice to like pull out every now and then and i in thinking about a movie for pride there were some that i found that i was like i don't have that in me right now i don't have the yeah. bandwidth um so it, i was looking for something that was ch- that was charming and lighthearted and uh this was the movie that uh that i was like let's watch in and out that's a good one um, I mean I think it was great and it's I, an easy I, breezy watch it is an, an easy, easy breezy watch breezy hour and a half mm. you know I love an hour and a half movie I know and I think like it I, like you were saying I'm so glad it exists within mm-hmm. you know our collection of gay cinema I'm glad it's not the only thing that exists because it's obviously one very specific story but yeah. again all stories are so it's um <clears throat> and you, you said it's important one movie can't do everything so no. like there are ways in which this movie is successful at doing and selling what it's selling mm-hmm. and you know we can look at this in the larger like scope of of gay cinema and like be like yep you exist right there and that's okay and it's nice totally. to pull you out every now and then and like watch it's it, great you know? because like me telling my story doesn't mean that you told your story you know for what sure. i mean for sure and like I love, I love that about you know um, th- more and more stories from our community are cropping up these days, and they're all so interesting and also different from my experience and all of that. And so um, this is just one of the many. And I, 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 and I think like you know having such like an all star cast behind this in 1997 was probably really important in terms of like co-signing you know the quote-unquote okayness of you know being queer in the United States because this was a time where it was like you know everybody watches the same you know movies that come out everybody's aware of the same movies that come out now there's so much saturation you you know you can't possibly keep track of it but like having huge icons within this big movie um I mean, 63 you know, about- million in 97 that's for like uh like uh you know a really sort of niche comedy slash pseudo romantic film is like about like gay people is is actually pretty it's pretty, a pretty big oof, deal it's a pretty big deal yeah 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 so 
Um, so that was, that was um that was us going in and out, guys. Uh, and uh, Jane, I have a question for you. Would you watch this one again? I would, of course. It's a classic. And um, I also was wondering, um, do you have anything that you want uh, me to watch? I do. And I simultaneously hate and love to say it, but it's time. It's time to go back uh, to... <laughs> wait. Wait, I, wait to... I don't know which one. It's time to go back to our series that we have been slugging through. Again, the most popular series oh, in God. Movies We Miss History. I love that you keep... Okay, I love that you keep going back to this one. You've opened so, you have opened so many other doors that we haven't gone back to. We haven't gone back to Hunger Games. We haven't mm-hmm. gone back to uh, mm-hmm. Fast and the Furious. Mm-hmm. We got 10 Fast and the Furious movies. I still mm-hmm. only saw the one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We haven't gone to Tokyo Drift. No, we haven't. And we but will. I know where we, you're taking me. We to the got fifth time. fucking installment. The it's is it fourth? Well, it's the fourth Maybe. installment of the Twilight Saga. This it is, is the last one, though, right? Nope. nope. There's two more. And Wait, after this or with this no, no, one? No, no. This is there's this one and then another one. Okay, this is, but I just have to watch one. You just have one to watch one. We're okay. just we're gonna do. They're both large epic movies, so we're gonna <sighs> do them one at a time. I did consider. Don't, epic. Don't put I epic did on consider. This. The, I did consider combining them because I thought it would be a better way to tie it up. But there's a lot going on in each movie, so I think we're gonna need an episode for okay. each. But we are doing Twilight: Breaking Dawn Part One, and I. Lo- it's it's one of my favorite movies to make you watch because man it just is it gets the best out of you in a way that I love <laughs> alright we're doing it and, I, and not just me the listeners because again every time we do a Twilight it is hugely popular so okay. yep we're okay. doing it so thank you guys for listening to our. Was this our final Pride pick? Yeah, our, that makes this sense. This is final right? Pride, but but Pride is never over. Pride, pride is in the way you. We are live. proud. Twelve months a year. Pride is when you go out into those streets and you hit the pavement mm-hmm. and you let and them you, know. You disrupt. You disrupt, baby. Let the children know what time it is. Have you heard that song? It's Billy Porter's song. Oh, probably. It's yeah, really, it's, yeah, yeah. It's a good one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to to, to Billy Porter. Um, Always. Yeah. So, ha- hope so, you guys are having a happy Pride, and some of you, I hope some of you are having a happy period. Always. Mhm. Mhm. Wasn't that was yeah. the slogan, right? Happy Pride, happy period. Yeah. That was that was the the icon Regina King. Have a happy period. Always. Oh, was it? Yeah, Regina King did the did the voiceover oh, for the. I mean, like I probably you know like uh, for a chunk of time, but I just remember being like, "Huh, Regina King." I'm sure she got I had fat no idea. Yeah, wow. I'm, I think that's accurate. I'm sure I'll get a cease and desist from people. Like she didn't, and she won't. So like, <laughs> leave Regina's name out of your mouth. <laughs> Always. Oh, oh, oh. oh she's there. Good. She goes. Um. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. We love all of you, queers, allies, heteros, whatever you want to call yourself. Um, thank you for listening to In and Out. We enjoy talking about it with you. And we will, if, oh, <laughs> I almost forgot. If you want to continue talking with us throughout the week, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook at Movies We Missed, or on Twitter at MWMChat. And we will see you next week. 
for Breaking Dawn Part 1. <laughs> Not you forgetting the name of the movie. Mm, what? Not you forgetting the name of the movie. <laughs> I know. Cut that. Let me do that again. No, and we'll leave see it you. in. I want them to know what I'm dealing no. with. And we will see you no. next week. <laughs> Stop burning my tape. And we will see you. No. No. And we will see you next week. No. For no. the fourth in silence. Remember, Jane, it's Breaking Dawn, part one. Because you forgot earlier. The fourth installment of, of the, the Twilight, Twilight series, saga. Breaking Dawn. Breaking Dawn. Uh, part one. Part part one. Fuck it. Bye. 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 Movies. We missed. That low was not there, non existent. You know, I mean, I, I had a I had a couple of a couple of lasses that I uh I called I called me ladies.